Sunday, still on October the 30th of October. It's a foggy day down here at uh, Bluffers Park. I'm looking at my favorite uh, weeping willow, and you can see the tree clearly, but it's just nothing behind it. It's just shrouded in fog. It's quite lovely. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. Um, The... uh, place I'm sitting at has been changed. I see they've got one, two, three, four, five, oh, a dozen boats moored on the parking lot. Well, they're not moored. That's their park. Howdy. Uh, they were never there before, and so it's blocked off uh, part of the park. There's a lovely point area where people would sit, and uh, they've just got all that fenced in. I guess there's more and more rich people with boats. I don't know. Anyway, uh, listen. This is Dixon Jane's podcast number 921, or the start of it anyway. Uh, It'll be finished in another week, and uh, by then, who knows where I will have been or what I will have said. And when I say where I have been, it will be where I have been mentally. Uh, because that's what this is about. This is an inner journey. So if you're new to this for some reason, you clicked on, you found this podcast, thought you'd give it a try. Um, my my advice is go home. <laughs> Don't stick around. This ain't going to be for you. Uh, I have a few faithful listeners, actually more than I thought. I, I looked up the stats on um, Apple as well as my uh, my uh, f- my old feed and uh, add them together, gosh, is slightly more than a handful. Anyway, I'm going to get into, you might call it the weeds today, the, the complicated, murky, messy, tangly stuff that makes up my life sometimes. Um, I've just said uh, waves goodbye to my wife. Uh, she's heading off with her good Japanese friend, to Stratford to uh, see a play. I could look it up and tell you which one. I think it might be the new, uh, the the sort of the new musical Shakespeare. I, I don't know. I you know I'll I'll tell you later. Um, and that's good. Um, you know, it's something she'll enjoy. She and her friend can enjoy. The issue came down to her friend has just moved way out further. Uh, sort of Ajax area, east of us. And so my wife is concerned about the long drive, that she'd have to come, get my wife in Scarborough, carry on, and then, uh, of course, drive back at the end of the day. So somewhere along the line, I offered to drive. I could drive them. I wouldn't be going to the play, but I would just wait around Stratford for the few hours, um... And, you know, I said, no, no problem. You know, and I was thinking this was a nice thing to do. Uh, And I could, you know, I'd bring books and I'd do a podcast and listen to podcasts. I'd be fine. Don't worry. Yeah. But at the same time, I was thinking, hmm, I I suppose, honestly, did I really want to do that? But I just thought she was worried about her friend. And, of course, my wife doesn't like driving unfamiliar highways, especially like the 401. It's a horrible drive. And there's a couple of turns you have to make right. There's a there's a crazy intersection between Highway 7 and 8. And you, you, if you, it's so easy to miss the turn, which I have done in the past. You know, because you're going at speed and you're three lanes and suddenly it's, ooh, down, no, I'll sharp right one lane. You can miss it. Anyway, so I offered, but Meanwhile, her good friend said uh, she she would drive. So by the time today rolled around, it was decided that uh, her friend would drive. But my wife thought, no, it's not fair for her to get off the highway, the 401, which you need to be on, and come down to our house, which should be about a 10-minute a, a detour maybe, maybe a little longer depending on traffic lights, and pick her up 
and then have to get back up. So she said, I'll, I'll meet her somewhere. So I just said, okay, this least I can do is find a good meeting place. Well, I did. I found the Kagan Cleaver. It's right at the intersection of Markham Road and the 401. Markham Road is a main exit from the four, from the 401. Very easy to, and it would be uh, a left turn and a left turn, and you're, you're there. So that was what was decided upon. No, she'll she'll meet her there. And so, okay, but I told my wife, you, you can't leave your car there. You know, it's not, it's a parking lot for a business for the Kagan Cleaver. Um, I'll drive you. Well, I'm in my pajamas eating breakfast and my wife gets her coat on. I'm going, oh, well, hang on. I'll drive you. Um, gee, I didn't realize it'd be that early. I, I hadn't confirmed the time. So in my mind, I thought, oh, okay, well, it only says an hour and 40 minutes, but I'm always early, and okay, they're going to be extra early. That's fine. they got to park. My wife was already concerned because the parking's $20, and she, she hasn't taken lunch to work in probably 15 years because she just you know, makes it at home and saves money. I'm not going to go out for, for lunch like a lot of people do. So the idea of paying $20 for parking on top of the tickets was, you know, um, disturbing. But anyway, we got all that sorted out. Well, it might take time to get, and then you got to walk from them where the parking lot is and the theater, etc. So anyway, extra time was allotted. So I, as is my nature, I want to know the details. Well, what time are you supposed to be? Well, I, I didn't have a time. I wasn't told the time, what time she was supposed to meet her friend at the cake parking lot. Well, um, and suddenly there seems to be some doubt in my wife. Some, you know, I'm thinking, well, was it confirmed? Like she knows to get you there? And I start getting kind of, the answers to me seem a little vague. Well, for me, anything like this, Anybody who knows me, who interacts with me, knows, okay, this is the time. If I'm going to be late, I'll know. I'll let them know. This is exact. This is the day. This is the time. This is the place where we're meeting. It's very, everything is fixed. And that comes from running tours for 30 girls, you know, for 25 years when you cannot afford to make any mistakes. Um, once there was a bus booking, I don't know where the mistake lay on that one, and a bus didn't show up, and it suddenly had to hop on a regular transit, but then we salvaged the day. But, you know, these things, they're just a part of my subconscious. Okay, what could go wrong? What do we have to do to make sure that doesn't happen? So I start asking questions. Well, what if she goes to our house? Well, I don't know. Somehow... I'm not, it's not answering, and I've just, what all I have done is heightened, and the whole point of this long-winded discussion, I created tension, more tension than my wife needed this morning. I needed to know, in my mind, that her friend knew for sure, I'll meet you at this parking lot. Well, I sent her a text. Yeah, but did, so me, did she answer the text? Did she confirm and it just became unpleasant and added to the stress at a time when she's my wife is full of stress now with her mother not well and not being able to get back to Japan because of COVID issues in that country. She did not need me. Uh, my job, the ideal husband, the proper partner, you, if you're out there and married, would have assured her, everything's fine, everything is okay, sure. But instead, I just heightened the tension to the point where you can leave, you just leave me here and just, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, but, but, and all I've done is vent my own, you could almost call it an insecurity, onto her. And I just feel so bad about that. I've already texted and sent an apology and said I would pick her up at the same spot tonight to save her friend the drive, etc. I hope she appreciates that. Uh, but just, I wish I could have. And the, the inner voice is sort of saying, shut up, shut up, shut up, Ken. Don't say anything, don't say anything. 
but the outer voice the 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 outer voice <laughs> insists on verbalizing my concerns but you know did did she confirm as she know well sure enough you know in no time at all 5 minutes earlier than expected this car comes around and it is her friend and she's there and she picks her up in the wrong time and her friend is setting her Apple iPhone up on the dashboard to get the directions and uh, off they went. And here I am at Buffers Park sharing this story because I, I do feel, I feel bad about it. I feel, God damn it. You know, and I, all along I'm thinking my wife's got too much tension she should, you know, maybe there's some, maybe she needs medication. Maybe she worries too much. And what am I doing? I'm just inflaming the situation. So there's a, a confessional. I'll, I'd like to park that, but I don't know if I'm done with it yet. It, it's just, uh, it's just a bad feeling. That I could be such a jerk after all this time. Coming up on, what, 34 years of marriage, I think, tomorrow? Well, we're hanging in there. Next week, I have to drive her to the airport to fly to Vancouver. I'll make sure I get that one right. Says me now. Anyway, I guess that's it. Maybe that's uh, all I needed to uh, get rid of. I, I think there was probably a whole lot more. I don't know, but... Uh, why don't I just park that for now? I'll stop. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to drink my uh, Tim Hortons Dark Roast One Cream Only, please. Uh, and uh, admire the fog, the view of the fog. And um, get back to you if I have anything else to say. Scarborough Dude signing out from one of his favorite benches in Bluffers Park. Bye for now. The so I'ma stick around with Russ and be a mentor. Bust a few rounds of my little flip and remember what the thought is. I brought all this so you can survive when law is lawless. Right Feeling sensations that you thought was dead. No squealing, remember that it's all in your head. How it happened. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless. enjoyed that little bit of that song. I love it. <coughs> okay. It is um, Monday. God, these Mondays. Not so bad when you're unemployed, but tough for my wife, the beginning of another five-day week. And after which, she goes to Vancouver to visit our son out there, which is good. Um, I need to tidy something up. Um, there's a clip, you know, the one preceding this, that I could easily have just decided not to include. You know, it's all past. It's gone. It's over. But that's the point of the Dixon Janes podcast and recording at different points during the week to reflect how our moods change and go up and down and nothing is permanent and everything is changing. And, you know, if you're happy, you're not going to be happy forever. But if you're down, you rest assured you're not going to be down forever. So what I felt when I expressed that, I really felt bad that I've been so stupid to add stress to my wife on a special day when she's going off with a friend to see Chicago in Stratford. She went, she loved it, she enjoyed it. 
Everything worked out. Turns out the pickup spot I had arranged was perfect. And she called me uh, at the end when I was waiting on the phone. Thought, well, you know, I texted, let her know, hey, I could pick you up at the same spot, save your friend some driving time. And sure enough, she called me and uh, I went and picked her up at the spot and she really enjoyed the show. And uh, that was that. It's uh, It's over. It was nothing. But at the time... It was, okay? So, can we move on? Moving on, there's something I don't know why I'm really including this, but I guess it's to do with something as small as, you know, hurting my wife, causing a little extra stress to my wife who was already stressed because of her mother being ill and her not being able to get back to Japan, etc. There are men who beat their wives, who take all the money and get drunk and there's nothing left for food. I mean, worldwide. So on the scale of things, I'm not that bad of a husband, of a father, of a guy, you know. Uh, It's not that I'm trying to defend myself. Well, maybe it sounds that way. But just that sometimes, you know, we all measure ourselves by by our own scales, I guess. And, And I'm trying to set a high standard. I want to be a nice, kind, loving, caring person. And, uh, you know, whatever that entails. Um, But meanwhile, in the world, this is what happened October 29th to October 30th, just sort of overnight. There was a mudslide in the Philippines. Killed 18 at last count, probably many more. Uh, A bomb went off in Somalia, a deliberately planted bomb. 120 plus, like more than 120 dead. And you can imagine how horrific it is for the injured because they don't always have the proper hospital care. And anybody who gets maimed, you're not going to get all its rehab and prosthetic limbs and everything else. It's horrific. Probably done in the name of religion. A bomb in Baghdad. 10 dead, 20 injured. Uh, In Korea, there was a gathering for Halloween in a very popular entertainment area with narrow alleyways, and it was overcrowded, and a bit of a panic ensued. A hundred and fifty-four, at last count, were died, like suffocated, trampled to death. Uh, most of them women, you know, smaller people who couldn't just get through horrific, horrific, and a horrible way to die. Like, just not being able to breathe, knowing you're dying. It's not like a sudden, oh my God. And just, and then any number who were just sort of lying on the street being resuscitated. This is all, like, around the world. Here's me worrying about hurting my wife's feelings. And, I mean, I know it's all relative, and you, you have to. I still have to function on that. But, my God, life can be awful. Not finished. A bridge in India, a popular bridge for tourists and people, uh, you know, one of these suspension bridges, 150, no, 138 dead, last count. Could be more. A lot more missing in the water below. Uh, In Haiti, uh, there's a food shortage, a real food shortage, like children starving, because the gangs control all food and you know, incoming aid and so on. A country that's just been in a state of chaos uh, forever. What the fuck can you do to fix Haiti? You know, and again, you say, oh, democracy is the way to go. Well, I don't think not every country is ready for democracy. It's like sometimes maybe you need some fearless dictator do. Yeah, but no, 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 that doesn't work. No, that's not an option because they're just going to kill their enemies and uh, keep power. There's no... What do you do? What do you do? Ukraine, it continues. You know, it's going to be a nasty, cold, hard winter of a great deal of suffering for a lot of people. Um, and, And just... The needless blowing up of buildings that will only have to be rebuilt. It just the, the pointlessness. I, I watched the movie 1917, the destruction in World War I. Uh, I, I watched because my grandfather served. Uh, and just, 
Oh, my God. Can't we stop this? USA shootings everywhere. Parties, work, schools, uh, you know, just everywhere. People armed with guns, shooting, killing. So, <laughs> I've unloaded that. I, I don't know why I felt the need to share that, but just, you know, is, is, is it a matter of perspective? Is it a matter of counting your blessings and realizing how fortunate you are here in a civilized country like Canada? And I know, I know, I know people are saying, yeah, but what about all the unmarked graves? What about the native people who were killed? And yes, yes, that is part of our history. But right now, right now, well, right now, the Ford government is, uh, that's the province of Ontario, plan t- plan, p- planning on enacting legislation that will prevent uh, school teachers and, and helpers and assistants and uh, preschool workers and caretakers and everybody uh, from going on strike, taking away the, the right to strike. So this is an issue that is in the big news today, and it is, again, we talk about all things being relative this is of a large concern when people have legitimate causes. And here's a guy who's, this is a corporate government. This is a guy who wants to build a um, a highway where people just generally don't want and don't need a highway to be built through wetlands, through, you know, and then you they, somebody's conveniently drawn a map and say, well, who owns all the land in that area? And it is a lot of rich corporations and individuals who stand to benefit from all of this. It's, God damn it. What a fucking world. But what do you focus on? Again, you know, you got to look for other things. You have to find your little bits of joy. Again, that's why things like Lowell Gathering was just so important. And other ones, you know, maybe our, our podcaster gatherings and and things. Getting together at the only cafe and, and just reducing the scale and getting down to an intimate level where you're connecting with individuals face-to-face and uh, over common good because you all want to be, have a good time, learn and enjoy, you know, share good vibes, spread the joy. (sighs) Meanwhile, I have another friend who is dying, um, and it sounds like it's just a matter of days. Cancer caught up with him. Um, I can't see him. He doesn't want visitors, according to his wife, which I understand. Um, I don't know what kind of memorial will be. This is somebody in high school. I think I'm going to talk about him a little later on. Maybe not right now. Um, and you know what, what it meant, what he, what he was to me as a friend, um, as a way of, you know, because <laughs> I've listed before on this podcast. I mean, my listeners won't know any of this. It's just what a story Ken is telling about somebody they've never met or don't know. Uh, but, you know, it is very real. And I know you out there have your friends and loved ones who uh, who die. The last bit, and the, the thing that gives me a little bit of joy to end on a higher note, family guy, this clips every time I scroll through Facebook. There's a set reels and shorts, and they know I, the only ones I'm clicking. I don't do TikTok. The only ones I click are Family Guy, and I just find that show brilliant. I love Stewie. Uh, I love Brian. Uh, I, I just I love the show. I really do. I I I, I was uh, tweeting with somebody else about the. The Huxleys and the Orwells and the great minds of our days and the people I rave about here, Timothy Leary and uh, uh, Henry Miller and Kerouac and all those. But I would include people like Seth MacFarlane in the list because um, he was he's great. And to have a mind that is creative and silly and, and you know, full of nonsense, putting out a show like Family Guy, uh, we need that kind of stuff to counter all the other shit that we we face and deal with. All right, so that's it. I'm going to close off there. Uh, I'm outside No Frills. Which one is it? Stevens No Frills on uh, Eglinton to uh, get some groceries and maybe something for supper. And if they have some flowers, get some flowers because today is the uh, is the thirty. Two, six, two, five, 
36th anniversary uh, of my wife and I. Yes, indeed. 36 years. We don't celebrate it. We don't mark it. It does happen to coincide with Halloween. Uh, But, of course, this wasn't a marriage in Canada. This was in Japan. So Halloween had nothing to do with it. Okay. I'll leave it there. Um, I just texted with a friend uh, back in um, Australia. I have one good friend, Barnacle Bill, who's a bachelor and does very well as a bachelor and feeds himself well and takes care of the business and uh, he makes a good bachelor. Uh, this other friend in Australia, nicknamed The Boy, uh, and myself would not have been good bachelors and I am just ever so grateful for uh, being married to the woman I am married to. And uh, every time I go out and have fun and meet other women... The bottom line is, oh my God, I'm glad I have uh, the dear woman uh, I have as a partner. Scarborough Dude, signing off. Do we need a little bell? I think we need a bell to make this official. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Bye-bye. Park. It is now November, November 1st, and uh, it is the morning. I have just finished my $1 uh, A&W large coffee, and boy, by large, they mean large. Uh, I asked for two cream, uh, you know, because if it's if it's kind of iffy coffee, you want to cream it up. But it was so good. It's the best I've had in a long time. Uh, better than McDonald's, better than Tim's, better than... Uh, you know, that other place I go to, uh, Big Whopper. Um, anyway, it was good. It, it's a deal. And that convinced me to drive down to Bluffers and talk to you for a bit because uh, I got a few things to uh, to relate. But before I go any further, I decided while I was having coffee, instead of recording and talking to you, I would get back into God is not great. And I'm just going to read out one silly, short little passage uh, from the book by uh, Christopher Hitchens. I mean, it really, it's it's, atta- it's attacking all religions for many reasons, and, and it really, uh, it hits pretty hard. But even at the Eastern, so-called peaceful, blissful Eastern religions, wow, he really takes the hammer to uh, Hinduism and uh, Zen Buddhism, and uh, rightly so, uh, especially when it's used during times of war. And hatred, you know. So uh, just uh, just 
a sample of why this book is so readable. I quote, Make me one with everything. So goes the Buddhist humble request to the hot dog vendor. But when the Buddhist hands over a $20 bill to the vendor in return for his slathered bun, he waits a long time for his change. Finally asking for it, he is informed that change comes only from within. So, <laughs> it's corny, it's old, you've all heard it before, I'm sure, but it's still a, it's still a good one. Uh, but boy, when he gets on to like the, the horrific things done in the name of religion, and that people want you to believe, you know, this, this to my shame, I volunteered to teach Bible um, to a class in Nigeria of younger students. It was like a Form 1. And these are the, the girls who are not used to being in school. And if you're a teacher, you have to carry a stick. And the stick is like to herd them like cattle into the classroom. You have to walk around waving it and, and ushering and maybe giving a swat, but whatever, getting them into the classroom at the right time. And I remember with delight teaching the story of Abraham about to sacrifice his son. I mean, I acted it out. Uh, this was a Christian school, so nobody was going to come down on me for that. Uh it was a disaster. I mean, that whole, I should not have been teaching that class. I don't know why I did. I, although I, I truly, I was on, in spite of my drunkenness, um, I was on a real search for God uh, my, throughout my time in Nigeria. Um, and, uh, well, I, you know, I did find Jesus, and that lasted quite some time. He just appeared on my deck. I, I've told that story before, so I'm not going to get into it now, but, uh, yeah. He was there, standing over my well, hovering, I guess is more like a small figure, and uh, was with me for quite some time after that. Uh, and I think it, it finally got to the point where I didn't want to be followed anymore. But anyway, let's just park that, put that book aside. Uh, I have lots to say about it, and um, lots to say about people who buy into this shit. But anyhow, Jesus, I got my foot caught under the brake pedal. Oh, God. Ooh, lucky I'm not driving. Uh, I did make notes. I've put check marks beside what I've already talked about. Uh, yesterday was our anniversary, and I thought, I'll just make a token acknowledgement. And uh, when I went to the grocery store, I noticed I went to a grocery store that I knew had a flower selection. And there were a lot, there was just sort of a gathering of brightly colored colors, uh, flowers. And I spent at least 10 minutes over this thing, picking things up, putting them back, picking them up. And there was, you know, a little bunch of these small hothouse roses. And they were starting to wilt. They weren't looking very good, uh, and the red ones. But I found... A bunch of white roses. Now, those are nice. The white roses are nice. But I need something to go with them. And this is not a florist where they'll make up a proper bouquet for you. This is just, you know, grab a bunch. Okay, how much are these? How much are these? And I found some sort of white and pink carnations. And I thought, well, they kind of go nice with them. So I came home and uh, put them in a vase of water and stood in the kitchen my wife came home late from work. She's been working overtime. Her boss has been off, very sick. And, and my wife is doing double duty. And yesterday, for some reason, there were no volunteers. She's doing everything. She's doing workout exercises with group after group after group. She's just throwing herself into this job and, and comes home exhausted. And that's after not sleeping very well, from worrying about her mother in Japan and so on. She comes home and doesn't say anything. She sees them in the kitchen, doesn't say anything. And I'm thinking, mm, you know, at least an acknowledgement. Mm. But when I was buying them, there was something nagging me a little. There's something not quite right, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, mm, these look the nicest. They definitely look the nicest, but there's something not quite right. And only later did I find out, as my wife and some were talking in the kitchen about Japanese tradition, that white flowers mean death. And of course, she walks in after a very tough day of worried about her mother, who is dying, and I have presented her with death flowers. 
And I know some of you are thinking, oh, my God, you asshole. And yes, there's no way around that, you asshole. I, I've known this and I have forgotten this. And that little nagging feeling that there's something not quite right about this when I was buying them. But at the same time, to me, they look so nice. They were the nicest of all the flowers without, you know, tuning in. And I, I could have Googled then, meaning white roses, you know, maybe found something, but I didn't. I just paid for them. Anyway, she uh, she eventually recovered. She, uh, she you know, got over the, uh, the stress of the day and then made an effort to put them in water and by hand open up each of the roses petals to make them look nicer as she knows how to do she she knows things like you know, Japanese flower arranging and so on um, and they looked okay and everything was all right after that so you know all was forgiven but there was a caution that next time you know never mind getting a bunch of things from a supermarket go to a florist and pick one or one rose is enough you know Lesson learned, I hope. I'll leave that with you. Yes, I'm a bit of an asshole sometimes as a husband. Um, our cat's behavior, I was going to talk about that. No, I'm going to skip that topic. Uh, it's just the behavior is changing as the weather is changing. She's becoming a little, a little more devious. Well, no, I guess I am going to talk about it. She knows if she cries at the door, I'll open the door to let her out. Because I always think, oh, she's got to pee, she's got to poop. You know, you gotta, you have to get up. doesn't matter what you're doing in the middle of a bite of food. Get up now, let the poor cat out. And what she's doing, she knows that'll get out. She meows at the door, looks out the door, stands at the door. Okay, she's going to get attention. You get up, you walk to the door, and then she immediately turns around and leads you into the kitchen. She knew she'd get you up. Like, if she just wanders into the kitchen and meows, I might say, no, I just fed you. I just fed you. No, there's food in your bowl. I'll just ignore. But she knows I won't ignore the door. So she's learned that behavior. She's learned to get me to the door and then turn around and want me to follow her into the kitchen where she goes. And I, I do. You know, she's that smart. She knows that game that well. Um, anyway, we'll just leave that. I was going to talk about my high school friend, Bob... Dawes, who is, uh, you know, soon to be um, transferred in, I guess, when there's an opening to a hospice, and that means the end is nigh. Uh, no visitors, so I can't visit him, but I did find out from uh, both from his wife and his daughter that, uh, well, I, can you say he's okay? I'm just glad they are getting to visit, and the daughter in particular, who was the one who alerted me to the fact that he was on on the way out. He was a high school friend. Um, when I was in grade 9, I first met him, and he had failed a year, I guess, maybe repeated grade 9, and so was a year older than me and just that much more mature, and he was in the cadets at school. And then later, I guess he went on to serve in the militia, you know, volunteering on weekends. And I remember visiting him once when he was all decked up in his uniform. And he stood there, you know, all in brown, brass buckle and the beret and everything else. And I noticed his shoes, or he had pointed them out. They had to be what he called spit polish. Well... At that point in my life, my mother did everything. I, I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't, certainly didn't polish shoes, and I, I only wore hush puppies against the school rules, by the way. LHS, you weren't allowed to wear You had to wear polished shoes. We had to wear a shirt and tie, a plain-colored shirt and tie, no stripes, nothing in those days. Anyway, um, I, I was stunned. And he pointed out, no, you, you have to pass inspection. And inspection, if they can't, if your shoes don't reflect back like a mirror, you failed inspection. You're in trouble. And same for the brass buckle. And I thought, how do you even do that? I was so immature. I was the, he was the eldest. He had a younger sister. Um, I was the third in my family. I was the baby of the family. I complained about the least amount of words, putting out the garbage I would rant and rave and complain uh, I was just spoiled and immature. 
And Bob had taken on full responsibility. He had a very strict mother, unlike mine, who babied me, spoiled me. Um, and I didn't get any discipline from my father. It was always, you know, messages to my mother to tell Kenny. So that was my one of the images that stands out of Bob. Of Bob. And, of course, following his that kind of maturity, he was the first of us to get married. We teased him a lot about being married. Uh, I remember one, you know, he would, he was, even at his, his engagement, he referred to his wife as the warden and was very proud to have a warden. I, I, don't, I hope I didn't mention this already, but it's something that stands out. And we thought, wow, what's happened, you know? And it's just that he was ready when I certainly wasn't at that point. I remember drinking with him in the the El Paso was a bar in Lachine uh, where you could get it. Notorious. You could rent the upstairs for porn. I remember one friend, was we had a stag party for Roger. And it was the old 8mm porn flicks. You know, literally, you know, the plumber coming to... Uh, do the lady and and these were these were horrible things and they they would just they, you could yeah you could just rent that for your friends so somebody did that and crazy things of the early days back when there were sag parties and your, your goal was to get the person so miserably drunk he was really going to suffer you know including things like tied to a lamppost stuff like that a, a traffic funnel over the head, pouring beer down it. Some just stupid, stupid, bad stuff that, thank God those days are done. Uh, but th- those are the days. Now, I guess back to good memories, because, whoa, we're taking a dark turn there. Um, the good memories were going to the York Hotel. Now, the El Paso was just the drinking place in the machine. That's where you can get in. I remember sitting with these guys, with Cliff and Bob, both a year older than me. And, uh, you know, I, God, I had to be. Well, underage anyway. But that's what you did with older guys. You snuck into bars and you drank. Uh, the York Hotel was an old-time hotel downtown Montreal. With At that time, was a, this was a time of go-go girls. So we're talking these mid-60s, 60, you know, mid-60s. And they would have what was called the Trois Spectacles. And it was three acts to a show. And they had an MC who could open his throat and down a glass of beer in one gulp. Like, that was his shtick. But to get into the York Hotel, there was a bouncer, and he was... This was like a dark... This was a nightclub, okay? It was a nightclub. Uh, Burned to the ground since then, and, and again of a time gone by. But when you went, you knew you were underage or whatever. Maybe by then, you might have been of age. I doubt it. But anyway, there was a bouncer, and this was a heavy dude, dark suit, white shirt, you know. And you were pretty sure that guy had a sidearm. And what you did is you got your change ready because you had to tip him. He would you you he would greet you at the door and lead you to the table. Now we always got a great table, like right by the stage, because I mean there's go-go dancers in the cages. There was like a magician or an act. There was a singer. Uh, this is the time of uh, the hit song in the year 2525 that was just played repeatedly. So somebody who knows that song, my faithful listeners will, will date it with that song. Uh, <laughs> but you'd have, your, you'd have your hand in your pocket ready because you've got to get it right. You've got to just slip the change into his hand because he stands, he gets you to the table and his hand is sort of by his side and it's, like a, it's all secretive, you know? And, uh, you know, you're a big shot. Yeah, yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah, we're coming to the nightclub. And we're just kids from machine, like, you know, scared shitless uh, at first. But that became our place. Uh, and we were there on many, many fine occasions. And that was uh, part of the part of the time Bob. Uh, there is the story that his daughter knew of, of him uh, firing a rifle kind of by mistake in his bedroom and then worry like hell because it put a hole in the ceiling <laughs> of uh, his parents finding out and, and uh, patching it up with, it was, I believe his daughter told me it was dried toothpaste. Um, I don't know why he had the rifle, whose rifle it was. I don't know. 
Uh, but uh, he was, and then he just, he just, he, he got married. We made fun of him because he was having somebody over to do a demonstration on a vacuum cleaner that would last the length of your marriage. And of course, Bob was married from the age of 21 and is still married to this day. Um, of uh, a vacuum cleaner and we just teased him mercilessly for that you know here we are we're just you know the 60s are on us we're just at the point i guess we're just discovering weed I, my first joint was 67 so we're in that time and he's uh he's dealing with vacuum salesmen <sighs> and then uh Poor guy, he bought himself his first car. He got a job with Bell Telephone, was an installer, and he had shares in the company. And he told us with pride of how careful he was about measuring the wiring to be just right so that none was wasted because every bit of waste, you know, maybe reduced the value of his shares on Bell Telephone. He worked his way up, became a manager of a department, very popular manager, just a, a solid citizen. Bob was a solid citizen, a good guy, taught it, taught technology of some kind, new computers, was a practical guy. It was everything I wasn't, and yet was just a big influence. He's, he's the fellow I've told the story that asked me to be his best man, and I wasn't mature enough. And I, I accepted and then thought about it and turned him down. And I know I've repeated this story, but it's one of the the stories with the biggest impact on my life because I just felt so bad about it, but I felt so almost helpless. I, I, I can't do that. And it wasn't about Bob. It was just, I can't stand it. Make it do what a best man is a mature man. And I'm not a mature man. I'm just a kid. I don't know anything. I can't do anything. I didn't have a driver's license. I can't drive. I can't, I can't do speeches. I can't take on this role, it became an insurmountable thing and it took me so long to grow up. It was my group therapy once I moved out to Vancouver and and uh, finally, you know, was able to come to terms with being a man, whatever that entailed. Um, and Bob was part of that story, a huge part of that story. So I have told his daughter this morning, she was with him in the room, please, 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 say that I'm thinking of him and recalling many fond memories and now I've just shared them with you so I think I'll just park that there the sun has just come out and uh, I need to get out and get some fresh air Scarborough Dude signing off from uh, Bluffers Park on November 1st bye for now if I needed someone to love you're the one that I'd be thinking of If I needed someone If I had some more time to spend Then I guess I'd be with you, my friend If I needed someone Okay we're going to fade out the George Harrison covers. That is another Mojo CD. And, uh, yeah, you've got 13 minutes left. Not uh, if you listen on double speed, which I know some of you do just to get through this bloody thing. But um, if you're me in real time, I've got 13 minutes to finish off this episode of Dixon Jane's and get it out today, which is uh, Thursday, uh, November 3rd. God, I'm finding that music distracting because I'm wanting to listen to it and not talk to you, but uh, here we are. So I'll just fade it out a little more. Thank you. Uh, yesterday I spent at least 45 minutes on the phone with, first of all, uh, an Avion Rewards rep who, after a very long time of keeping me on hold, said, Look, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to transfer you to a specialist. I can't solve this problem. Transfer me over to RBC, and I got a guy, and I said, I hear you're the specialist. I said, well, specialize in some things. And I was on with him for another at least 20 minutes. As he said, I have to confer with another specialist who knows this stuff. And finally got back to me. So 45 minutes on hold, Royal Bank, because my points aren't showing up. I have a lot of points in their rewards program, and they're just not showing up. I'm showing zero points. <sighs> Turns out it's probably 
because I changed uh, visa cards and they didn't attach the points to my new visa card. They're accumulating somewhere, but not online, not on my account that I can see or access. Should be a very simple problem. No, I'm sorry. I've got to refer you to another specialist who does these things. I've explained to him, uh, you know, this is what he told me. And then he came back and said, well, he can't do it right now. It takes, it involves more. What's your email? He'll be back in touch with you within a week. Absolutely insane for something that should be very easily fixed. But of course it's not. And I was told I'm not the only person who's running into this problem. But that's, come on, Royal Bank, you're taking my money. You're making record profits. This is really fucking shitty service. All right. Done. I I don't know why I even wasted time on that. Uh, Salute hats off to Jesse Brown of Canada Land. I listen, Jesse. I apologize. Um... I have not been financially supporting you. I'm not financially supporting anybody. I'm just barely managing with ourselves. And we'll soon be borrowing money just to make our monthly payments on whatever. So, um, yeah. But by God, you're doing a great job. I don't agree with everything or all your guests and so on. But boy, you really are the real thing. This is Jesse. This is Canada Land Podcast. If you want to know what's going on inside in the background of uh, Canada, a lot of issues that don't get covered in mainstream media. Listen to Canada Land. Here's another beautiful song. It's the Webb Sisters. I, I believe the ones who backed up uh, Leonard Cohen. Um, the Shooter, uh, I mentioned just up the street from us on, uh, gosh, was it Ellesmere? No, maybe it was Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. Just a few blocks from us. Um, 17-year-old. They finally identified him, posted his picture, uh, charged with the... uh, or wanted in connection with the secondary murder of a student outside Woburn High School. Now, this was a graduate shot down in the afternoon. Kids filming the fucking thing. That's how they identified him. Kids laughing, filming. Oh, there's a fight. Another fight going on. Get the cameras out. This will be good. Got to upload it. Well, he's identified. And my question, you know, there's, oh, we got to address the roots of poverty and all this other stuff. Yes, yes, yes. You got to do all that. This is fucking guys with guns in their teenage years shooting each other over whatever the issue is. Certainly not worth a life in this guy, you know, what he's going to face. Uh, 17, he's gonna, you know, not an adult yet. Uh, my question, as always, and it bugs the fuck out of me, where is the goddamn father? He's got a father. You don't just have a baby and he's plunked out and there was no father. There's a male. There's a sperm donor. Somebody fathered that fucking kid. Where the fuck is he? Okay, I'm just gonna drop that. I'm just venting because it annoys me. I fret about the more I should have done for my sons and and so on. God, none of them are up on murder charges. (sighs) We'll leave it at that. Um, I was talking about my friend Bob. He also played the accordion. I think it was his mother's choice. Never a popular instrument. Even in the 1950s, they were laughed at. But Bob played the accordion. Uh, never asked to give any concerts, but I some I have images in my brain of Bob strapping on this big fucking accordion and uh, honking away at it. So there you go. One more thing about Bob, who last update is still in the hospital, not yet transferred to a hospice. They are too far away, and he wouldn't survive the car trip. Uh, and I do get nightly reports from Bob's wife, so... Bob is still hanging in there. Um, I was thinking as I talked about Bob, where did our friendship kind of cool, you know, or where did we begin to distance ourselves? Because he was so important. He was a, a, a grown-up friend in grade 9, grade 9, grade 10, right through school, of somebody I I needed to know and and benefited from that friendship and, and had fun, had laughs, and it, it was just... You know, there's a connection. We were we were tight. Bob and Mike Hiles and later Cliff. Um, but 
it cooled. And I guess it's what I referred to earlier when Bob got married and started on the path with a career with Bell Telephone. And the rest of us sort of steered towards hashish and sitting around a water pipe getting high and listening to Pink Floyd. And that's not something I ever did with Bob. I don't know to my knowledge that he ever smoked hash. I got certainly got drunk with Bob, but uh, not um, did not sort of go that way. And I guess that's kind of where, you know, some, fr- some friendships diverge. And... Uh, that's it. Not not a big point I'm making there. I was just trying to figure out, you know, what happened. And then in later years, sadly, when he was teaching close to where I live at Centennial College, and we just didn't keep up the relationship. Uh, you know, our, our lives did just go different ways, and time has a way of um, getting in between friends sometimes. All right. That's all I've got for notes. My God, I've got an A&W coffee here. I went to the drive through A&W, which is a little further, knowing I could come back to Thompson Park. Got another large coffee, and hang on. I still maintain it's a good coffee. It's definitely a strong taste. And what I go for, and that's why I get black coffee, is a strong taste. And this is stronger tasting than the Tim Hortons Dark Roast Um this, I am not disappointed, and of course, you know, a medium or small would have been enough, but hey, they're all cost a dollar, why not go for the large, so here we are at Thompson Park, ending another podcast with a little bit of uh, Georgie in the background. That is Ron Sexsmith. Sure sounds like George. Here's another uh, division line. I guess early Beatles would have been part of my friendship time with Bob, and later Beatles, once they got into the psychedelics and uh, changed, probably we weren't sharing as much time together. That's that's an interesting division there. Yeah, high school and post-high school. Uh, and that, again, is the wonder of being of age, of discovering the Beatles while you're a high school student and then moving on into sort of your university years with, uh, with them. And uh, you've grown up, and boy, have the Beatles ever grown up. All right, so um, that's about it, folks. Uh, anything else that you think I should be talking about on this journal I drag you through. Oh, yes, 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 yes. A quote, a quote, a quote. I just finished God is Not Great by uh, Christopher Hitchens. And uh, right in the very last uh, chapter called The Need for a New Enlightenment, uh, a wonderful quote here. Uh, Yet in our hands and within our view is a whole universe of discovery and clarification which is a pleasure to study in itself, gives the average person access to insights that not even Darwin or Einstein possessed, and offers the promise of a near-miraculous advances in healing, in energy, and in peaceful exchange between different cultures. Okay, that's the good side. Yet millions of people in all societies still prefer the myths of the cave and the tribe and the blood sacrifice. Fuck you. This is it. And when you read this book, it just makes it so clear we are living in a, in a world of, of science. And he does such a good job of the, what is the history of persecution, of torture, you know, for people who dared to challenge the omnipotency of God or, or the word of the church or whatever religion it happens to be. And, of course, that's happening right now with Islam, which refuses to fucking modernize or shed itself of these backwards beliefs. And uh, there we are. And he goes on to talk about get rid of the garbage that's written in these holy books and get into poetry and literature and art. And the wonderful things that we we have access to. But yet, 
There are still so many fucking primitive fucking apes on this planet holding us back, pulling us back, reaching out. Stop. And this goes to those fucking Christian fundamentalist right-wing nutcases taking over fucking America. God damn it. Fuck. Ooh, I guess there's our 13 minutes pretty well gone. Uh, <laughs> going to end on that note. Scarborough Dude signing off from uh, Thompson Park. Much happier than I sound, but just a little pissed off with humanity. Thank God for friends.